Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket, and this is episode number four. So there are some news headlines to talk about, so I'll just run through these really quick. Uh, first off, we have the Morrowind anniversary event started on Thursday, February 7th, going through the 18th. Um, I'll put a link in the description if you want some details about that. Uh, also, the ESO Plus free trial is happening right now as well. It also started on the 7th and is going through the 12th. Um, so if you want to participate in that Morrowind event uh, and you don't have access to Morrowind, this uh, ESO Plus free trial will allow you to do that. It's pretty cool. I also, uh, if you're into crafting, I also recommend maybe doing some mat farming during this time and stuff that bag as full as you can get it because uh, even after the trial ends, you can still access the stuff that's in your craft bag and pull it out of there. You just can't put new stuff back in there uh, until you subscribe. So uh, it's a neat little way to continue benefiting from that even after the trial's over. Uh, ESO is also celebrating their end of year awards. Uh, they said that they got a, a host of awards in 2018. Uh, those include MMORPG.com uh, Player's Choice 2018, Best MMO Third Year in a Row, uh, MMORPG.com Player's Choice Most Improved MMO, uh, Massively OP uh, gave them Best MMO Update or Expansion of 2018, so that's probably Somerset, uh, and then Game Informer Reader's Choice Award for Best MMO Second Year in a Row. So those are some nice awards. Um, and uh, as, a, as a way of saying thank you, uh, Zoss is giving um, any player who's logged in between January 1st, 2017, February 7th of 2019, so anytime in the past two years, um, you're going to get 500 free crowns added to your account on February 11th. Uh, so that's very nice. On the official Bethesda YouTube channel, they posted a video called Elsewhere Developer Deep Dive. It's just a little bit closer look at the upcoming Elsewhere chapter. It's really cool. You get to see some dragons um, and just hear a little bit more about uh, about what this chapter is going to be like. Uh, it looks really cool. I'm even more excited about it now after watching this, so uh, you, should check, you should check that out. I'll be sure and put a link to that in the description. And then last little headline here, uh, Loremaster Lawrence Schick is leaving uh, The Elder Scrolls Online for family reasons, he says. And he wrote a really nice farewell letter, uh, basically just celebrating the player base and telling us all how great we are. Uh, it's a great letter. I recommend uh, reading it. I'll put a link to it in the description. You can probably just search for uh, ESO Loremaster leaving, and you'll find that as well. Um, uh, if you have, if you've never heard this guy speak, I, I recommend checking out the Elsewhere Developer Deep Dive video first because he, he, he talks in that video and he has a, a very captivating voice. Uh, I mean, a, a voice of gold, I would say. Uh, and so it's cool to watch that and then read his farewell letter and you can kind of imagine him speaking in his voice and it adds a little extra something to it, I think. All right, so that's the headlines. So the rest of the time, we're going to talk about uh, this last round of balance changes on PTS 4.3.2. Uh, and then we'll also talk about some of the testing that's been going on um, on the PTS here lately and just some of the implications that some of these changes have. Uh, some of this stuff is, uh, is pretty interesting, so we'll spend a little time talking about it. 
Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is they are changing up how champion points work. So if you don't if you don't already know, your first 300 champion points that you spend gives you a 20% increase to all three of your max stats, health, stamina, magic. Uh, after 300, that stops happening, um, but uh, up, up to 300, you get that 20% buff to all three. Um, currently, on the live version of the game, that 20% buff applies to your character's base stats, any attribute points you spend, any enchantments that give you max stats, and any two through four piece set bonuses that give you max stats. Um, so now, after this update, um, they, it still applies to all that stuff, but in addition, it uh, will also apply to any food and drink buffs you have active. Um, it'll now apply to five-piece set bonuses, so uh, necropotence comes to mind. Um, and any passives, I'm guessing like racial passives that gives you max stats, um, maybe like slotting a skill like inner light, you know, it increases your max magicka. Um, I'm guessing it would interact with that as well. I think, it, I think it's a good change. I think that it just gives them an extra tool to use when trying to balance this game, you know, when they're trying to make new content and tweak exactly how difficult it is. This just gives them yet another tool to use to, to rein in the power uh, that players are capable of reaching so that they have a pretty good idea of how things are going to turn out when they make certain balance changes. It's just yet another tool. They have just a little bit more granularity in the amount of control that they have. Um, so I, I think it's a good change. I think it's cool. And I think I think it's probably going to result in most everyone just being more powerful than they were before this patch. The Shadow Mundus Stone uh, is getting buffed. Um, the Shadow Mundus increases your critical damage done by 9%. Uh, it's being being increased to 13%, and they know that that still does not apply to healing. Uh, we'll see. We're going to get into a conversation a little bit later. That actually does change up the DPS standings. Um, that that has an effect there, and we will we will see that here in just a little bit. I'm wondering if maybe part of the motivation to making this change is for it to be kind of a homecoming gift for Khajiit. You know, since they're like. They're based on crit, you know. Their their damage passive is crit, uh, and this is the Munda Stone that synergizes with crit. Um, and you know they've Kichit's got a little bit of a buff. They're they're definitely in the uh, they're they're among the the top runners for for DPS, both stamina and magicka. Um, and you know this is this is their year, so I wonder if this is intentional. You know, like they're expecting a lot of new players to come to the game. A lot of these people may or may not know the first thing about min-maxing or how to put a quote-unquote build together and, and all that. Um, you know, they just want to make a cat person and run around and explore and stuff. And, you know, what if at some point they kind of get drawn into the game and they want to start taking it a little more seriously and they choose a role and start really trying to put a build together? It'll be really nice for those people to, to find out that they actually made an excellent race choice, no matter what it is they're trying to do in the game. So, you know, for that reason, I think that these changes to Gajit are smart, even if it might be a little lore-breaking. I think, I think we have to be flexible about the lore. You know, eventually, if, if we're not willing to bend a little bit on these lore things, we're just not going to be able to get new stuff in the game anymore. So, uh, you know, I don't mind bending it a little bit. Um, and, you know, anytime we can make a race more flexible, I'm, I'm going to be on board with that. 
the Sigic Time Stop ability uh, is getting a cost increase. It currently costs 4590 Magicka, getting increased to 8100, so uh, almost double. Uh, they say that they see this as being a PvP skill. They just kind of came right out and said it. Uh, and so they're putting the costs in alignment with other PvP skills like Rapids and Purge. Um, it's also important to state that this, um, this cost here, this 8100 Magicka cost, does not reflect the Sigic passive that reduces the cost of all Sigic skills. Uh, and I think the skill itself costs less as it ranks up as well. So I think it'll probably be more like around 7,000 or something like that, but, you know, still expensive. And I think the, the goal there is just to maybe stop people from spamming it so much in PvP um, because it, it can be a pain and it can, it can really allow people to completely dominate a piece of ground um, with, you know, really no one able to do anything about it. So the, the downside of this is there are some classes, uh, Nightblade especially, that don't really have um, any great crowd control abilities. And so if you're a Nightblade tank, uh, this was a really great solution for you to, to actually have some good, some good crowd control. And it was actually a pretty good solution. Um, and this is going to make this skill prohibitively expensive for sure. So that, this is basically going to be taken away from, from tanks that that don't have uh, crowd control abilities. Um, but I know they've been, I know they've been in, in last few patches, they've been kind of tweaking things to give classes more healing and more tanking abilities. So, you know, maybe, maybe Nightblade will get something like that in a, in a future patch. I, I do hope so. All right, and now the reason we're all here. Let's let's talk about this next round of the race passive changes, shall we? So first up, we have Altmer, uh, and Altmer they've been this has been dominating the conversation pretty much the whole week on the forums and really anywhere where ESO is being discussed, um, they're probably talking about Altmer. Um, I I do want to keep in mind uh, that you know at the end of the day. Uh, we have to remind ourselves that the difference between uh, the very best and the very worst is still a pretty small difference. So really, no matter what changes are made, um, I think we'll probably survive it more than likely. Though I do understand the frustration, especially if you play an Altmer, especially if you main an Altmer, you know, you're, you're getting something taken away. And if you, if you strictly play PVE, you're not really getting anything back um, that you can use. So uh, the spell recharge passive that uh, gives you 525 magicka or stamina, whichever is highest when you activate a class ability, um, that's, that's what the recovery passive was changed to on the, on the first round. Uh, now they're changing that to 645 stamina or magicka, whichever is lowest. So that means if you are an Altmer magicka sorcerer and you cast crystal frags, you're going to get 645 stamina back if it's not on cooldown, um, not Magicka. Which se seems like a very strange decision, absolutely. Uh, the reasoning they say is that uh, the sustained passive was helping Altmer stand ahead of too many other races that also deal heavily with Magicka-based abilities. And that's Seems like strange reasoning, uh, you know, and the community's reaction has been like, 
Well, Zoss, you guys haven't been paying attention for the past two weeks, right? Because we've been doing all these tests, and what our tests show is Altmer is third best. You know, they're, they're only standing ahead of Dunmer. They don't really seem to be overperforming at all, even with their Magicka recovery. So why why make this change? Um, we'll see as we get into some discussion later that uh, things may not be as dire as they seem, but it it is a bummer for a PvE player. I mean, at the end of the day, plain and simple, they're having a passive removed, uh, and in its place is basically just an empty passive slot, essentially. Um, it's still a, it's still a useful passive for PvP, totally. I mean, one of the big challenges of Magicka builds in PvP is getting enough stamina to, to keep fighting, to keep breaking free and block and sprint away if you need to or dodge. Um, you know, if you're a, if you're a Magicka build and you're in a kind of a hairy situation, you can, you can use up all your stamina in like three seconds, you know, and then someone can just CC you and there's just nothing you can do and you're, you're dead at that point. Uh, so that, that's why a lot of people run Shackle Breaker or Amberplasm or, you know, oftentimes both, um, you know, and if you have a, a race like Altmer, who's a, a Magicka specialized race, it's a, a powerful mage. Um, but they have this built-in way of uh, getting stamina back. You know, maybe that would be just that little bit that allows them to run something besides Shacklebreaker or something like that. So it def definitely could be a great race choice for a PvP build. And, and as we'll see, there's still an excellent race choice for PvE as well. Uh, absolutely. Uh, still, I do think that um, they should put something in this passive slot that PvE players can use. Um, they seem to have made it clear that that's not going to be Magicka recovery. They don't want races to have a recovery bonus and a weapon or spell damage bonus. Uh, and we'll see with Orc after a while that um, they kind of did a similar thing there, although Orc, I think, got a got a better deal. Um, so they need to put something useful there. Maybe, maybe add healing, like Stamina, Magicka, whichever is lowest, and health, you know, or something like that. Um, the the reduced damage, the five percent damage reduction when you're using a cast time ability. I don't think anyone's too thrilled about that, honestly. Uh, it see it seems very underwhelming, and it seems like honestly very few builds will even be able to benefit from it at all. So that's Altmer. We'll talk more about that uh, later when we start talking about testing. Uh, next up, we have Argonian. My two favorite characters are, are Argonians. I have a Magic of Nightblade and a Stamina Templar, both Argonians, both my favorite. Um, they're awesome. Uh, these passives are just too strong. This is the class uh, that basically they're responsible for these uh, raised balance changes happening. Uh, this was the example that everyone was saying, Argonians need nerfed. The roles that they are well suited for, they have no competition. Uh, whatsoever. They stand far ahead. And in PvP, they're best suited for basically every role except ganking. Um, so they have a, a massive advantage there. Um, so, you know, they've been taken they've been taken down a little bit uh, on that first round of um, of balance changes. They were taken down a bit. Uh, and now in this round, they're they're being slightly unnerfed. Uh, they're not being put back where they were, but they're being brought back up a little bit. Um, so they're, uh, that 4% healing done uh, is now 6% healing done. And if you don't remember, originally it was 5% healing done and 5% healing received. So 
Still no healing received, but 6% healing done. I think I can live with that. Uh, and then the resourceful passive now restores 4,000 of all three stats when you drink a potion on top of whatever the potion does, of course. Uh, the, that original stat was 4620 of all three resources, so losing 620 at the end of the day, uh, I think I can live with that as well. Um, the, uh, the, first, the first race balance uh, patch brought it down to 3600, so now it's up to 4000. I think that sounds pretty good, honestly. I think, honestly, that's not much of a sacrifice. Uh, Four thousand is still a lot. Four thousand of all three stats. So if you drink, if you drink a tri-stat potion, you know you get whatever the tri-stat potion gives you plus four thousand of all three stats. So it's like a mega ultra tri-stat potion. This is why I love Argodians. This is why everyone loves Argodians. This passive is fantastic. Um, so I still think. I mean, yeah, it's it. It is a nerf for sure, especially the healing. Uh, but this this feels pretty good for Argonian. I think I can live with this. I think this seems kind of like the sweet spot for them, and I'm betting that this is the condition they're going to go to live in right here. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Next up, we have Bosmer, the Wood Elf. So they got this really neat uh, new passive. In place of their stealth bonus, they got this thing where when they use a roll dodge, they get a 20% speed increase for three seconds, right? And basically the feedback was, that's too fast. You can stack that with uh, other speed bonuses. This is not a named speed bonus, so it can be stacked with everything. And in PvP, that is way too much of an advantage. Um, so they got that feedback and they've taken that down to 10%. 10% speed after a roll dodge for three seconds uh, instead of 20%. Uh, still a unique bonus, so it can be uh, stacked with Minor Expedition, Major Expedition, all that. Uh, and then as compensation, uh, they were given 1,500 spell physical penetration for the duration of that speed boost. So for three seconds after roll dodging, you know, you get the 10% speed boost plus 1,500 spell physical penetration. Um, the main criticism here is... Well, you know, roll dodge is a defensive maneuver and penetration is an offensive buff. So, you know, chances are if I'm roll dodging, I'm I need I'm trying to get out of harm's way and I'm not really in a position to be launching an offense, you know, so that that penetration is probably just going to go to waste a lot of the time. I think it could be pulled off with a very specific kind of playstyle, you know, where you're like in all well-fitted armor, maybe a stam blade. Um, that's playing like a real dodgy kind of play style um, could maybe benefit from this, you know, uh, just add a little a little edge to their opening attack. You know, I could see like if you could do a, a roll dodge, then surprise attack and end cap and, you know, get all that in there before that um, before that penetration buff expires, you know, that that's just going to make that that opening combo all, all the stronger. Um, not that Nightblades need their combo to be any stronger. Um, but at any rate, I could see a scenario, I could see a certain play style pulling that off, but but that's the thing, is now Wood Elf is just the roll dodge race, and like no matter what, whether, whether you're trying to get out of trouble or if you're trying to attack someone or whatever it is you're doing, you need to roll dodge uh, and then do your next step, right? If... if uh, you know, if you're about to take a big hit, 
you should roll dodge and run away because you've got that speed bonus. Uh, or if you're trying to launch an offense, you should roll dodge to get that penetration bonus and then attack. You know, it's like no matter what, your instant reflex should be roll dodge, then figure it out from there. Um, so I don't know. It's I, I kind of like these unique little passives like this. I don't I don't mind Bosmer being the roll dodge race. I do, but I do wish that they would separate that penetration bonus from dodge uh, because they're really close here to having uh, uh, something useful for PBE players. Um, this penetration is a unique buff that no other races have. And so if this wasn't attached to roll dodge, say it was attached to dealing damage with a bow since uh, Bosmer are, you know, renowned archers. That would that would give a PVE player a good reason to choose Bosmer, uh, especially like maybe a solo player. Um, you know that that extra penetration would, would really come in handy, and that would make a Wood Elf actually an excellent choice for some players. Um, so I think that would be a good thing if maybe like put that fifteen hundred penetration, like when you deal damage with a bow every however many seconds with some cooldown. Um, and, you know, that way the PvP people benefit from it, the PvE people benefit from it. Um, you know, I, it probably wouldn't be 1500s penetration. Maybe they'd take it down to like 1,000 in that case, but I think that'd be fine. Uh, overall, I do I do like Bosmer. I think they are they have a really unique identity. I, I do think of them as being these like, you know, forest-dwelling people that are really tiny and really zippy and fast and kind of hard to get your hands on. So, uh, uh this this passive does it does jive with me, you know, uh, as far as flavor goes. I think that I think that it does fit. Um, so we'll we'll see. I hope they re I hope they put that penetration um, on on something besides roll dodge. And I think I think Bosmer is going to be really cool if they if they do that. Next up, we have Breton. Zoss says that they are pretty happy with Breton. Uh, probably won't see a lot of changes to Breton, but they did want to give them a little extra flavor, so they gave them um, a defensive buff, which is, it seems like kind of a significant buff. So whenever they, so they have a passive that gives them 3960 spell damage, right? Oops, I meant spell resistance. So now whenever they get the burning, chilled, or concussed status effects, that passive is doubled, so like almost eight thousand resistance when they're uh, when they're affected with a basically a magicka based status effect. Um, that's pretty significant, especially like if you're uh, a vampire. You know they're they're weak to burning, so that'll help you out there. Um, of course, you know it's you know Dunmer is immune to burning, of course, but uh, you know maybe you just like to play Breton and you're a vampire, and that's going to help you out. Or even if you're not a vampire, you know, of course, that, that helps everyone. Um, so that's a really neat thing. I'm not sure Britain's really needed a buff. They're already looking really, really good. But I think, you know, at least it's a defensive buff. So I don't. it's not going to help them out as far as, like, the DPS standings go or anything like that. So I think we can live with it, or I can at least. Um, so, yeah. Um, we'll talk more about Britain after a while when we get into the uh, into the testing. All right, now we have Dark Elf, and Dark Elf's been brought up a little bit. So their 1250 max Stam in Magicka has been brought up to 1875 Stamina in Magicka. So that's that's an extra 625, which, 
is equivalent to about 59 weapon and spell damage. Um, so they will be able to hit just a little bit harder with that. Um, what they had to trade was their 600 math, max health bonus, so that's been removed. They don't have that anymore. And um, I think that people are probably happy with that. That seems like a fair trade. Um, I'll take 625 Magicka and Stamina over 600 health for sure on my, on my damage dealing race for sure. They said that uh, Dark Elf's performance was not meeting their expectations, so they just wanted to bring them up a little bit basically, and uh, they sacrificed the health to do that. It's pretty neat. I have a I have a dark elf Magicka Dragon Knight, and um, and she's gonna stay a Magicka Dragon Knight. Um, I thought it would be neat to. I don't have a stamina Dragon Knight yet, and I thought it would be neat to make a a Dunmer stamina Dragon Knight as well. Um, you know, to have two Dragon Knights, one stamina, one Magicka, both Dunmer. That just seems cool to me. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm really leaning towards orc. Uh, I I don't have any orc characters for one, and also as we'll see, orc is looking really really good. Uh, too too good to pass up. I'm expecting maybe they'll be they'll be brought down a peg, uh, but we will see. Uh, so yeah, that's dark elf. I think still they're going to be a fantastic PvP choice. I, I was really excited about dark elf on the last patch. I'm even more excited now just because they're just a little bit stronger now. Um, and I, I really like that flexibility of them being able to be a stamina or magic race. That's, you know, let's do that to everyone, I say. Imperial. Uh, the red diamond passive was changed yet again. So on the, on the last patch, uh, what it does is it gives them a 15% chance to restore 1750 health. Um, when they deal direct damage and also reduces the cost of block and bash by 5%. Now, instead of restoring health, it's restoring 333 health, magicka, and stamina when they deal direct damage. And I think it's still a 15% chance. Actually, I was wrong. This passive now has a five second cooldown. And they said they wanted Imperial to be more versatile and that this will help uh, build that maybe aren't tanks still get something useful out of this passive. Um, uh, although it's still still useful passive for tanking too. You know, tanks need uh, tri-stat restore for sure. So, um, yeah, seems all right. Seems okay. Uh, healing's usually not an issue, especially if you're, um, you know, in a in a group with a healer, you know, having that, having that self-healing passive probably isn't going to be important in a situation like that. Uh, and it's a small heal anyway, so I think it's uh, I think it's a good trade there. Probably still not going to be competitive DPS wise, but uh, you know they definitely um, they definitely fit in somehow. Uh, I've always thought Imperial was a little lackluster, you know. Uh, I and I know a lot of people feel that way. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that maybe they get a little something extra to make them a little more interesting because they just seem a little bland. They always have, and they they still kind of do to me. All right, Khajiit. So this is, I'm excited about Khajiit. Um, their uh, 750 Health Magicka Stamina is now 825 Health Magicka Stamina. Their um, Stealth um, Detection Radius uh, was reduced by 5 meters. It's now 3 meters. So they're slightly less stealthy now. Um, and their Stamina Magicka Recovery has been bumped up to 85 instead of 75. And the Health Recovery is still 100. 
And Zoss says they're they're basically just making these adjustments based on the the champion point changes to put Khajiit basically back where they were back where they were as far as their their rankings with everyone else. Uh, overall, Khajiit is looking very very good. Uh, they're like second third place in most comparisons, um, you know, stamina or magicka. They're they're also going to make very good healers, uh, and you know they already make decent tanks and. Um, They'll they'll be even better tanks now because of this kind of try try stat nature that they have now. Um, so you're not going to be able to go wrong with the Khajiit. Uh, like like I was saying earlier, I think we're going to get a lot of new players with this uh, elsewhere chapter, and a lot of people I think are just going to make a Khajiit because they like Khajiit. Um, and it's it's a cool thing that 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 they're going to be. This is going to be a good race choice, no matter what those players. Um, are going to choose to do in the game. And, you know, it is lore-breaking. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure that there is documentation clearly stating that Khajiit are rarely seen as mages. But, you know, I've seen Khajiit mages as NPCs in the game, so I know they do exist. Uh, so, you know, we, we can we can be flexible, I think. Uh, I think it's cool. I, I, I think I'm going to enjoy seeing Khajiit healers and Khajiit... Uh, mag bleeds and stuff like that it's going to be a lot of fun all right here's orc so uh orc's brawny passive uh, on the last patch was giving them 500 health and stamina now it's giving them 2000 stamina which is a lot uh, and then their unflinching passive uh on the on the last patch was giving them 380 health and stamina when damaging with the weapon ability. Uh, I think that was every six seconds. Uh, now, that's been reworked. Now it's 1,000 max health and heal for 600 when dealing with the weapon, when dealing damage with the weapon. Um, so that that's a lot of stats. 2,000 stamina and 1,000 health. I mean, already, right there, that's a lot of stats. Um, Plus they get the 600 heal um, and, you know, all, all the other passives that they still have as well, their movement speed and all that. Uh, they said they wanted orcs to be kind of focused on raw damage uh, and they they wanted to sacrifice sustain and healing um, to just give them straight damage. People are saying orcs are too strong now. And when we talk, when we get into these, um, these tests here, we're, we're going to see that that actually might be the case. Uh, orcs are very, very strong. I, I expect something to give before, before this goes live, because as, as it stands right now, they, they really are standing pretty far ahead of, of all the other stamina races. Redguard, um, basically they're staying the same, except they're being given a small uh, defensive buff uh, which reduces the effectiveness of snares by up to 15%. I'm not sure what that up to 15% means. I wonder if it's just based on like the severity of the snare, like if it's a stronger snare, then you have a stronger, uh, you know, effectiveness reduction there. Uh, and they just, again, they're doing it for flavor reasons. Uh, Red Guard are kind of these really athletic, um, uh, you know, amazing warriors. And uh, it makes sense that they're, kind of have a little extra mobility and are, are somewhat elusive in battle. And so, you know, they'll have a, a little bit extra movement um, when it comes to snares. 
and Nord, I think, is the only race that didn't get any changes this patch. And I think they're just kind of still keeping their eye on Nord. They're not exactly sure how that ulti uh, regen is going to play. Um, so I know that they said in a like in the class rep meeting a couple of weeks ago that they there are some concerns about Nord. Like maybe they would make too good of tanks, um, and they would be like the only choice for tank. Um, but Zoss said, well. You know, let's let's actually observe and see if that really is the case, or if we're just being concerned about nothing. Um, so for now, Nord is going unchanged, and they're keeping their eye on it. So that's all the race changes. Now let's talk about some of the testing that's been going on, and we'll see kind of some of these changes in action. Um, so last episode, I said that. You know, I wanted to keep an open mind about whatever changes were proposed, even if they seem crazy. Um, and I have to admit, when I saw some of these changes, especially the Altmer changes, I was uh, I was perplexed, to say the least. I, I had a pretty negative reaction because uh, it, it does seem needless. Um, but, uh, of course, once again, our good friend DS on the uh, official forums uh, has come to the rescue with another round of testing uh, he's altered his methodology a little bit, um, and there are some different results here. And I think the thing to keep in mind is no single one of these tests is going to be the conclusive final answer here. It's just a small piece of the of the bigger picture, and it just gives us a little bit more data to analyze and try to make sense of things, but it, it isn't the final word. And there may never be a final word in a game like this, you know. So, you know, let's just keep reminding ourselves of that. Uh, oh, and another thing, I should have mentioned this when we talked about the CP changes. Uh, for whatever reason, those CP changes are not actually active yet on, on this patch. So um, yet another reason why this, this test may not be conclusive because we don't know totally for sure exactly how those CP changes are going to affect everything. This time, I think for time reasons, they only tested Nightblade. Uh, I think they just want to get that feedback in as soon as possible so the devs have all the as much time as possible to make the changes that they need to make. Um, and um, some changed up some Mundus stones as well. Um, last time, I think everyone was using the Lover Mundus. Uh, this time, um, we're using the Thief Mundus on the Magicka builds, and the Stamina builds are still using the Lover. Uh, and then he tries out um, he tries out the Shadow Mundus um, on a few races because the you know the Shadow is buffed now, um, so want to see how that how that changes things up. So let's talk about the Magicka comparisons now. First off, we'll talk about the the fully raid buffed comparison here. Um, so when we put everyone on the Thief Mundus, which increases your critical hit chance. We basically get the same rankings as last time. Breton number one was 61,673, followed by Khajiit, Altmer, then Dunmer. Dunmer at 61,170. Everyone's doing about a thousand more damage than they were on the last round of testing, and I chalk that up to just they're using a different Mundus stone, so the Thief, I guess, is better. Um, but the, the rankings are still what they were last time, right? Breton, Khajiit, Altmer, Dunmer. Nothing's really changed ranking-wise. There's, and we're talking, we're looking at a range, a DPS range from, from Breton at number one to Dunmer, Dunmer at number four. 
a difference of 500 dps. So the full spectrum there is a, is a difference of 500 dps. Super, super close. Now, an interesting thing happens when we switch everybody over to the Shadow Mundus, which increases your critical, critical damage. Um, basically, Altmer and Breton trade places. Breton's in last place. Altmer is in first place. Altmer with 61,855 and Breton with 61,634. And for Breton, that's only, that's only like 40 points lower than, than the last score that they got when they were number one. So it's basically an identical score, but they're still last in this scenario when everyone goes to shadow. And so, yeah, Altmer, Altmer is the best here. And not only is this the best score with the Shadow Mundus, but this is the best average DPS we've seen on a Magic of Nightblade on PTS so far. So, I mean, there's still more testing to do, but so far, the, the best result we've gotten from a Magic of Nightblade is with an Altmer with a fully raid-buffed scenario. So I think maybe some people are surprised by that, even with the nerf, you know, even with the, the sustained nerf. The difference from Altmer at number one to Breton at number four is 200 DPS from best to worst. It's like nothing at all, right? It's like a crit hitting or not basically it's it's a it's a tiny difference from from best to worst there 200 dps it's like barely worth thinking about at all so yeah Haltmer wins breton loses in this situation um and even if we put breton back on the thief mundus or back on the lover mundus they're, they're still in last place here um so that's that's an interesting thing very interesting. Now he also did uh, some comparisons for solo parses. Everyone was just given uh, elemental drain and nothing else. They were just on their own after that. And in that scenario, Breton wins by a pretty wide margin. They're about 727 DPS ahead of second place, which is Altmer followed by Khajiit. Um, so, you know, Breton definitely going to be the best choice for um, any kind of solo play, or if you're playing with unorganized groups and you're not sure, you know, how good of a group you're going to get with the dungeon finder and stuff like that, you know, maybe Breton would still be your best choice. Uh, but if you're in like a really well-organized, uh, you know, group, then might be Altmer, might be Altmer um, for, for the meta here, which is, uh, I think, again, I think that is surprising. It's just Altmer needs group support to reach their full potential, whereas Breton can be a bit more self-sustaining. That's, that's the big difference there. Khajiit's looking like a solid number two in pretty much all comparisons. Um, again, can't go wrong with Khajiit. Uh, so they're number three solo, still great, still totally great. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the magic of comparisons. We'll move on to stamina now. So the fully raid buffed comparison, of course, number one, you guessed it, it's Orc. 64,199, that's a lot of DPS. Second place is Dunmer, then Khajiit, then Bosmer, then Redguard. And everybody basically is using their preferred Mundus stone here. Uh, most of these are using the Lover. Uh, the Khajiit's using the Shadow because they just get a better score with the Shadow. So we're kind of, we're kind of putting everyone with their Mundus stone, Mundus stone of choice in this comparison. Um, 
Orc is 365 points ahead of Dunmer in second place. Dunmer's in second place. So the distance between first place and second place here is wider than the entire spectrum of the Magicka comparisons. Right? If you remember, the Magicka comparisons were within a spectrum of 200 DPS. Now the distance between Orc and Dunmer in second place is 365. And the difference between Orc and Redguard in last place is 1,652. So that's a that's a much bigger spectrum than 200 with, with the Magicka people. So clearly, Orc is too strong, and they they really do need to be brought down a bit. I think, or everyone else needs to be brought up, one, one or the other. Um, also, you know, Redguard. That's quite a fall for Redguard, right? They're they're dead last. You know, by by like 200 DPS. You know, they've been number one for a long time. So, I mean, it's cool. It's fine for someone else to be meta for a while. You know, let's let's let somebody else have a turn. Absolutely. Uh, it's just it's a long fall for them, and for Khajiit to be beating them is uh, and Bosmer as well. That's a that's a blow. It's a bit of a blow. But you know, I mean, they're still they're pulling sixty two thousand five hundred forty seven DPS. So I mean, you know, nobody's going to be upset about somebody pulling sixty two thousand DPS in their raid. I can promise you that. So yeah, Orc and Dunmer basically traded spots. Dunmer was first place last time. Orc was second place. Uh, now that's been swapped. When we do the solo comparisons, uh, Orc is still the clear winner. Uh, now Redguard jumps up to second place because that sustain does help them out quite a bit in, in that situation. Uh, but even without sustain, Orc still wins by 558 points, a commanding lead. Uh, so again, another clear example, Orc is too strong, for sure. So, you know, again, these tests don't confirm anything. It's just another small piece to, uh, to a larger puzzle. Uh, it's just more data for us to take in. And so far, all we really do know is that Altmer using the Shadow Mundus is getting the best results with the Magicka Nightblade when the whole raid buff situation is present, right? Uh, and we know that Orc using the Lever gets the best stamina score in that situation. So, so right now, that's our PTS meta. Altmer for Magicka, Orc for stamina. If you're in a really elite group, where everybody is providing their buffs and, and timing their ultimates at exactly the right time and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think, I don't know, I think that is surprising. Surprising to me, I think surprising to a lot of people. I think we were expecting to see Altmer just fall off the face of the earth, and instead they're number one, it seems. I mean, you know, they, they require group support to get that number one spot, but... That seems fair. That's, I think that seems fair. It still seems, you know, the, getting stamina recovery, again, is kind of maybe lore-breaking a little bit. Um, but like we were saying with Khajiit, I think we just have to be flexible um, and, and be willing to, to let that lore bend a little bit here. I mean, we're getting dragons in this <laughs> next coming patch, and... I'm not I'm not a lore expert, so I don't know, but I, I feel like that's that's kind of a stretch too, right? Getting getting dragons during this time period and getting a necromancer, that's that's a bit of a stretch as well. 
um, being able to be a vampire or being a werewolf and joining the Fighters Guild, you know, like um, there's a lot of exceptions we're, we're all uh, making here. Uh, and I, like I said, if we're not if we're not willing to bend a little bit and, and and let some of these some of this lore stuff be flexible, then it's going to be harder and harder to add new stuff to the game. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm on board with these changes. I think that it's. I think that these are are good changes. Um, they just need to. They just need to nerf orc. 